This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Hey, welcome to Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen, Shane Dale. We're doing this live, uh, coming off that that 34-30 tough one. Uh, Wildcats just fell to the Trojans. Shane, I mean, these guys played great. Uh, You know, they played with so much heart. It's so much effort and, you know, as tough a loss as that is, as this is, and it, it really stings. I am so proud of the effort that, that these kids showed today. Yeah. You know, uh, the bottom line is, Eric, it's kind of crazy because the, uh, with all the ups and downs we had in the fourth quarter, it really came down. Football usually comes down. It's a pretty simple game, right? It, it usually comes down to two key factors, turnovers and which team controls the line of scrimmage. Yep. Uh, USC won both battles today. You know, that that first quarter interception by Grant Gannell, who I thought overall was very good today. But mm-hmm. that first possession, he had some jitters. It showed he threw almost threw one interception, ended up throwing one uh, a couple of plays later. That was a difference in the game. That was, you know, the seven points off turnovers. Uh, and Arizona almost overcame it, almost got a key turnover at the very end of the game themselves. Uh, but that plus uh, USC just was a little bit better at the line of scrimmage. They, they protected their quarterback a little bit better, especially on those last two possessions. Yeah, but but I, and I and I understand what you're saying as far as the turnover goes. But when you have the lead with a minute and a half to go, all that goes out the window as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, you you have to stop them from driving, and that's where you're, basically the defense was gassed. They had nothing left, and yeah. it was I, I'm very proud of the effort that that you know the defense um, a couple of a couple of stops. Uh, on the goal line, there was one of them where I mean, you look at USC's uh, talent. I mean, those guys are. I mean, they're five-star recruits. You're, you're talking about five stars yeah. playing against walk-ons here. Right, right. And, you know, we played uh, very proud of the way we played. There are guys I, I couldn't even name more than three guys on defense. And, you know, just to see the effort that that Paul Rhodes guys play. I, I mean, Paul Rhodes, I, I wrote on Twitter, Paul Rhodes, new defense coordinator, he deserves a raise. His hat. Uh, his hat is fantastic. Oh, Do you see his hat? You know, oh, it's hat? epic. Oh, Joel yeah, it's Clad, epic. Joel Clad on the broadcast was making fun of him for it. I'm like, that's the coolest hat I've ever seen, man. What are you talking about? Oh, I need well, one of those. Because it was dirty. Because it was because it hadn't been washed. Right. But I love that. But Paul Rhodes, I mean, if you if you go do a little Google search, you know, for those of you out there, and you go look at YouTube and, and Google Paul Rhodes victory speech at Iowa State, it's it's glorious. I mean, it's everything that, that's good about college football. You that's could, what Paul Paul Rhodes yeah. represents. You could see how how he'd have that defense motivated and fired up, and and they they played as well as they possibly could. Uh, we learned some of their names today. We're not going to forget some of them. Uh, uh, I, I've forgotten already. Uh, they didn't do anything at the end. I so, remember uh, some. I remember so, some. Okay, uh, you, my, you only criticism of, my only criticism of Paul Rhodes was rushing three on that last possession. I know the defense was gassed. I know they don't have much of a pass rush, but maybe they were trying to just play for a field goal or concede a field goal and go to overtime. I don't really know, but. With a minute forty or however much time was left and three timeouts, you know, I, I you weren't going to hold him out of the end zone without trying to get some pressure on Keaton Slovis. And and again, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I hate the idea of just rushing three there and and going back on your heels because Slovis, as bad a day as he had at times, he's still a very good quarterback. And you give him a chance to beat you, he's going to beat you. I came away very unimpressed with Slovis. I, I really, I don't know if oh, he's yeah. hurt. 
I don't know what's going on there, but he there was just he just didn't have it. I mean, there were he threw a ball in the in the first half. Joel Klatt described it as like a 500 ball. You know, when you play 500 as a kid, you know, uh, 300, and he just throw it up there. I mean, it was horrible. It was, it was a terrible, terrible throw. But I, I mean, I thought overall, um, you know, he he was clutch in the end, just like he was last week uh, against ASU. He was clutch. Yeah, I, I think one one positive that I want to take away. I mean, offensively. This team is going is going to score points, and we knew that. And I, I have to admit, I think I was I was wrong, and I, I hate to admit that I was wrong to start. Uh, after Grant Canale threw the interception, I'm, I told a few friends on Twitter or uh, on Twitter and and text that like this guy's overrated. I was wrong. The kid's legit. He's a great. He, he's a very promising young quarterback. Holds the ball too long. Um, took a lot of sacks where you just throw it away and, and move on. But he you know made what, some Eric, plays with his legs. You know what? I I was never happier to see a quarterback take some sacks because you know what? Cole Tate should have taken some sacks the last couple of years. I'd rather see a sack than a turnover. And while he's still, I mean, it's, it was their first game of the season. This is his first game against, as the bona fide starting quarterback for Arizona, mm-hmm. facing mm-hmm. real competition with all due respect to, to Arizona's defense. Okay. Right. This was his first game against real competition. I'd rather he hold the ball a little too long and take a sack than try to make a hero play and cost his team the game because he goes and does that. Arizona doesn't even have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. That's fair. I just think that, you know, like on the last drive, uh, the second to last play of the game, throw that ball away. And so that way you can heave one towards the end zone because you're not, you know, the, the lateral play has a one in a thousand chance of working. We've already seen a Hail Mary work at Arizona Stadium. True. So you know, put yourself in range and, and Anu Solomon can, can, you know, a friend of the podcast mm-hmm. uh, can talk about that better than anyone. You and know, Anu, Solomon was the only, Anu Solomon was the only one who got the, got the pick right because he, because uh, we, we both took uh, USC uh, minus the points. We did. We stuck with the Wildcats. So he, so he won that one. Yeah. I think, right. I think Anu, uh, by the way, for our picks, I think Anu had a big week. Oh, actually, you both had Colorado. Interesting. So yeah. uh, Anu's 2-0, and I'm 0-2, and you're 1-1 and thus far for those keeping track uh, at home. Um, I It just – that one, it stings. Uh, you know, I, I it, this was a hard game for me it, just in general because yeah. it was the first game – and, you know, we've talked about this – the first home game that I've missed in 14 years. And it was just hard to watch, you know, this game on TV. I wanted to be there. This was yeah. an incredible game. And I yeah. really wish, you know, the pageantry of it. And it, listen, don't get me wrong. This is better than nothing. Having having this game, you know, if if Arizona plays one game this year, I'm fulfilled. It's better oh, than yeah. what we expected in August. It was fun to be excited about Arizona football again. When's the last time we felt like this in the fourth the fourth quarter of a football game, Eric? When we we were, had this high hopes, and I still have high hopes for maybe not this year for the Wildcats, but going forward, I I'm more hopeful at the end of this game than I was at the beginning. Uh, I, I, I will say, I don't think even if Arizona had won this game, I don't think they would have automatically become PAC 12 contenders because I don't think USC is that good. They shot themselves in the foot so many times, especially inside the red zone with the false start penalties and the missed field goals. And, and the number of penalties, I think they had what 11, 12 penalties for well over so undisciplined. Yards. So undisciplined. Yeah, terrible. Like yeah. in Jeff Dean, we had on a few weeks ago, he was, uh, he was saying, you know, he, he, he's not high on USC because he doesn't think they're a well-coached team. And that seemed to be the case today. So if you would, let me go down a couple uh, notes that I have. I was making throughout the game. Uh, Grant Gannell again, uh, uh, maybe a little too patient at times, but I like too patient than not patient enough. Uh, I don't think he, he wasn't forcing a lot of throws. 
uh, allowing his playmakers to make plays in space. He got a ton of speedy receivers, speedy backs. He was able to get the ball to the complete opposite of his predecessor, by the way. Uh, perfect deep ball to Tavion Cunningham for that touchdown in the third quarter. The perfect throw right on the money. Uh, he's also not afraid to run the ball. You know, he reminds me, he reminds me quite a bit of Nick Foles in the pocket. I know every other pocket passer at Arizona is going to be remi- you know, reminiscent of Nick Foles one way or the other, but you know, he's not fast, but he's elusive. He was, okay. he could avoid, he could avoid pressure and buy some time. He still ate some sacks, but he, he, uh, he bought himself a lot of time and was able to throw the ball away. Uh, USC eventually started using a spy on Gunnell in the second half because they had to Smart. respect, uh, yeah. they had to respect his, his ability to run the ball. And even though he's not fast, he wasn't afraid to run the ball. And I, I uh, respect that. Um, also, there's a couple other things. Uh, huge stop by Arizona's defense to open the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Arizona's offense couldn't capitalize until later on in the half. Um, uh, Jackson Turner had a great uh, pass breakup uh, in the third quarter uh, to hold a, uh, USC to three points. Uh, the next possession is when, when USC got within, inside the one-yard line. Back-to-back false starts. Anthony Pandy got pressure on Keaton Slovis to force a field goal try, which was missed. Uh, a guy whose name he learned today, Rourke Freeberg. Who? Rourke Freeberg with a big – and it's a great name, by the way. But Had no idea there was such a player uh, on this uh, particular team named that. He had a huge tackle on fourth and one to keep the, the game tied late in the third quarter. Now, his bio is great. His bio, if you go to ArizonaWildcats.com, here's his bio. 2019, appeared in nine games on special teams and as a reserve safety, did not accumulate any statistics. Hmm. Well, Rourke Freeberg, you accumulated a statistic today. And it, it was a big one. It, it helped Arizona at least have a chance to win the game. Uh, defensive lineman Eric, Aaron Blackwell had a big backfield tackle on a possession after that. Uh, helped uh, force a, a USC punt. So a lot of great individual plays, uh, some injuries that mounted in the second half. We'll have to keep an eye on that. But uh, give, Paul, give some guys to work with, and we could have something here. Uh, it, it certainly looks like it was a good hire. Yeah, he's. I, I love the hire to start. Just, as I said, because of the passion the guy brought as a head coach at Iowa State, and you know, I, I, you're not going to win at Iowa State very often. I mean, Matt Campbell is a, is a fine coach there, and he's going to get a big job, maybe Michigan for example, after the season. But, you know, for the most part, it's it's a tough place to win. And Paul Rhodes got that team to a bowl game, I think, multiple times, which in itself is an accomplishment. I mean, you look at it, Iowa State is is like the Arizona of the uh, Big 12 in a way, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to win there. Every now and then you're going to break you're going to break through. But for the most part, you're not going to win there very often, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just he, he was a great hire. And it might that might save Kevin Sumlin. And I think, Shane, one thing that stuck out to me, the effort that these kids played with today for Kevin Sumlin. And I know I have bashed him a plenty as we have on the podcast, but they played really hard for him. I mean, those guys, they they busted their asses. And I, I'm very proud to be a Wildcat fan. Something I was thinking about during the game, Eric, is something that um, Stevie Rocker Jr. told us when we had him on the podcast, a running back commit for Arizona for next year that he thinks that Kevin Sublin just needs to get his guys in there. And now he's starting to get his guys in there. And maybe it's just that change in mindset. You know, I think, I feel like the players who came to play for Rich Rodriguez and his style and his attitude are much different than the mindset of the players who came to play for Kevin Sumlin. And I, you look for that energy. Urban Meyer said something earlier today on Fox's broadcast about, you know, if there's something wrong with the team, a lot of uh, one of it, there, he listed three reasons and I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. But most of them have to do with the mentality of the team, and the, and the uh, you know the, the discipline of the team and and the um, the camaraderie in there, 
And maybe that's starting to gel now with, with, with Kevin Sumlin. We'll see what happens next week. You know, it's all, you know, it's all fleeting at all. You know, if Arizona goes and loses by four touchdowns to Washington next week, then maybe we'll be back where we started. But I'm definitely encouraged. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch more Arizona football. Hopefully we get a chance to do that. Hopefully they stay healthy, and hopefully we get another uh, game to call next week. But uh, definitely yeah. encouraged. I just, man, they scored a little too fast there in the fourth quarter. Well, and I, people are going to say that. But at that point, you're down by four. got to score. And of course. I, you know, of course. And, and I, you know, I, had, I had a friend that was texting me, oh, well, they scored too fast. Yeah, but they scored and they had the lead and they had a minute and a half. And you have to hope that your defense, which has stood on its head all day, is going to hold up. And, you know, I I thought, okay, hey, listen, if we best case scenario, we go to overtime. I'll take that. You know, I'd be fine. USC kicks a field goal. It's 30 to 30. We're in overtime. Uh, That would have left us, uh, you know, that would have it would have been even more interesting. But um, listen, uh, they made USC Slovis was clutch. Uh, He made some great throws like he did last week. And, you know, it just ended up the way it did. But I want to I want to look at the box score because that's something for me that, you know, I always like to look at the numbers. Uh, One guy that we have not mentioned yet, Shane, Gary Brightwell. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, if there was an offensive MVP for the Wildcats, I think you got to put Brightwell in there. Uh, Let's let's take a look here. He had 21 carries, 112 yards receiving wise, though, three catches, 25 yards, including uh, probably the best play of the game for the Wildcats or. Best effort play of the game for the Wildcats. Uh, it was a four. It was like a third and fourteen, and he caught a pass almost behind the line of scrimmage and found a way to get fifteen in the first down. I mean, just an incredible effort play uh, late in the first half. Guy's a bulldozer, you know, and he didn't have a lot of room to run in a lot of those plays. But you know, there are a lot of times where he was met at the line of scrimmage or just beyond the line of scrimmage by multiple USC defenders, and he'd still grind out and fall forward for a yard or two. So he, he's not only fast, but he can hit you, and he can you know he keeps his legs moving and. He, you understand why he's their featured back, you know, him and Michael Wiley. Um, I'm a little surprised they didn't get some other guys involved, but you know, those two I thought did were fantastic. On yeah, the I thought Nathan Tilford would have been, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, he was a, yeah. a four star recruit, you know, coming out of school. I would have thought that he could have gotten some run there. I'm a little surprised that, uh, that he didn't, but um, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, Brightwell is, has, you know, NFL running back. I mean, he looks the part uh, obviously Gunnell, also, wide receiver-wise, uh, Tavian Cunningham, the 75-yard touchdown, probably the most exciting play of the day for the Wildcats. Uh, Stanley Berryhill had a, the late touchdown, and Jamari Joyner got a touchdown. So three of Arizona's top four receivers all had touchdowns, and that's encouraging. I mean, listen, you're playing USC. You know, you don't get, you're not getting a, a warm-up of uh, Portland State or NAU this year. Right, right. You're jumping right into it against a team that's, you know, fresh off a off a big win last last week, and. Uh, you know, I, I I was really really impressed offensively. This team did a lot of great things. I, and Booby Curry was pretty quiet today, but you know what? I think he's going to have a breakout game this. Assuming that Arizona gets to play its full or semi full slate of games, I bet you Curry's going to have you know at least one hundred yard two touchdown game in there. I, I saw enough from him to think that he's going to do that eventually. How many games do you think U of A plays this year? Total, um, include, including a bowl game and all that. Uh, how, how, how many how many games would you think they play? Including a bowl game. Well, does anyone make a bowl game? Do we know? I mean, well, can well, here, go winless and go to and get to a bowl game? No, you have to be above five hundred. Larry Scott said. Okay. Okay. Well, probably not then. Probably not. But, um, but so how many games? So so there there are uh, six or five remaining scheduled games. Five weeks to go left in the season. Mm-hmm. How many of those games will Arizona play? Yeah, three, four. Maybe yeah, four. I mean. Right now, if, if, if they can get to a situation where because they've you know they've they've been healthy, you know it wasn't 
they the Utah game wasn't canceled because of them. It was because of Utah. So if they if they can stay healthy, you know, then if it seems like the Pac-12 will be flexible in terms of trying to find them another opponent, even at the last minute if they can. So that's at least somewhat encouraging. But uh, I I bet you they'll play uh, at least they have three le- three home games left. Uh, or so they have two, two home games two, left. Two home games and, left. And two we don't know what we don't know what's going to happen on the nineteenth. I'm starting to believe. I, I would think as of right now, you would see the makeup game. So I think Arizona at Utah is December nineteenth. That would be my guess. Hmm. Uh, instead of a, you know, they'll, they'll try to make up some of those those regular season games. Hey, uh, Shane, we've got some comments coming in. Um, let me uh, let me get to some of those. We got uh, U of A. U of A chimes in on uh, Periscope. Says, wish we would have held on to the ball longer in our in our final offensive possession. I think that was a play call, not a Gunnell fault. Uh, we talk. Uh, we, I don't know which one you were talking about. Sorry, we missed that. Uh, our buddy Bear Down Steve says, uh, "I'm extremely encouraged for the rest of 2020, especially 2021, when hopefully things are mostly, you know, uh, better." Uh, and uh, BKIT Riv, I don't know what that means, but I uh, can't believe they gave USC that last TD. Uh, that was not over the goal line. Why no review? I actually think it was probably better that it, they scored right there. You want to explain that? Yeah, no, that was my thought too because they at least had 25 seconds and a couple of timeouts at that point. Because I figured if they if they were stopped inside the one yard line, they're probably just going to score in their next possession right. anyway and take more time off the clock. So I figured, okay, 25 seconds, a couple of timeouts, you heave the ball down the field a couple of times, at least you have it, you have a chance there. Even though it was a slim one. And as far as scoring too fast, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you get a chance to score a touchdown, you go score it. You don't try to finesse it to like under a minute, you know, that because that opportunity might not be there in the next minute. So I had no problem with that. I just it reminded me sort of when the you know when Larry Fitzgerald's touchdown in the uh, the Super Bowl, you know he he's that he scored with two and a half minutes left and left Ben Roethlisberger right. a little too much time. But yeah. it doesn't mean you don't score. You know you take the points. You take the points happened. when you can get them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it just happened to be an unfortunate situation. But um, you know, and and to bear down Steve's point, you know, I I think all we wanted, I think Eric, this season of a Wildcat fan, is to be encouraged and to be hopeful going forward. You don't expect the Rose Bowl this year, even if, whether you know regardless of whether the game's actually going to be played. You yeah. don't expect the Rose Bowl. You just want some encouragement. Well, one game into the season, we've got that. And hopefully that'll continue. And, you know, Grant Cannell, after that first that first possession, which, again, came back to bite him at the end, unfortunately, he looked the part. You know, he needs to get rid of the ball a little faster, but he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He can run the ball when he needs to. I'm, I saw more than enough out of Gunnell today and the entire offense to be hopeful that Arizona can at least be competitive uh, the rest of the season and, and and play at least some more close games the rest of the way, regardless of whether they come out on top or not. Right. So you don't want to, you don't want to get blown out because you want to show that you're close. You know, I, I'm going to, I hate to, to go back and use a bunch of analogies that Shane's probably going to roll his eyes at. But the, the thing about winning is when you, at first you lose big, then you lose small, then you win small, then you win big right now, you know, Arizona last year lost, Big at the end of the year. They, they've lost their last eight games, I believe, as as a team. But now you see after, you know, against a ranked team who very well could end up undefeated and in the top 10 at the end of the year, whether they deserve to be or not, just based on other teams, you know, losing. Um, this was a team that, that you know, had the, had the lead with a minute and a half left. And, mm-hmm. you know, now you're going up to Washington next week, assuming that game is played. And then you want to see you want to see progress. You don't want to get blown out in that game. And then the week after, you're at UCLA. And so that's a game that you should, you know, assuming you show some progress in your first two weeks, you probably should win that game because UCLA is not very good. Until proven otherwise, they're not very good. Um, a couple other stats I want to talk about, Shane. Uh, you and I talked on the podcast. One philosophy for Arizona to win today was to uh, win the time of possession. 
they it, like significantly win the time of possession. They won it by eight seconds. Uh, I mean, very even. Both teams had the ball almost exactly half the game. Uh, that's not going to get it done against. I mean, you U of A needed to control the ball for thirty five minutes or more to win that game. As far as I, you know, in in realistic uh, points, there uh, penalties. You mentioned this, Shane. USC eleven for one ten. Arizona seven for eighty. That seven for eighty still seems a little much for me. Don't love that. Wildcats six of fifteen on third downs. Uh, Trojans were five of thirteen. So Wildcats defense, um, you know, made some plays uh, in the first half, uh, and I think it was the second or third USC drive. There were back to back third down penalties that were stupid, including a third and twenty nine or third and twenty four that that USC got on a penalty. That stuff, I hopefully hopefully gets taken care of here soon. I would have been shocked if if a young team like that didn't make some stupid penalties like that. So yeah, you've got to iron that out, but you give them time to do it. And this is why this is one of the reasons why I'm thrilled we're actually getting a few games in this season, even if Arizona doesn't win many of them, because it gives these young guys some experience and some confidence going into next season. It gives Paul Rhodes something to build off of going into next season. So I'm hoping we get at least a few more games under our belt. Can I mention one thing, random thing that the Joel Klatt said on the Fox broadcast before halftime? And he was absolutely right. Uh, Arizona kicked the field goal right before halftime um, to make it a 17-13 game. Uh, it was third down. Arizona called a timeout with about 15 seconds left. They could have run the clock down to two or three seconds and just kicked the field goal, walked off the field at halftime. Instead, they called a timeout for no reason with, with still 15 seconds left on the clock. It's a small thing. But why would you give USC a chance to return a kickoff for a score if you don't have to? You know, there's absolutely no reason for that. And it's something, I'm sorry, but it's something Kevin someone should know. And if USC had happened to return a kickoff for a touchdown or thrown a Hail Mary right before halftime, we'd be talking about it. And it's, I remember Kevin someone last year, not, there was one game and I forget which one it was. I want to say it was the Washington game, not seeming to know when to go for two. It was late in the game. They were down 18. They should have gone for two to cut it to 16. Things like that a college football head coach should know mm-hmm. that concerns me. Maybe it doesn't, but it, I know it's a very small thing in the grand scheme of this game, but it's one of those things that just make, makes me like if you're a college football coach. You should know when to call a timeout, when not to call a timeout. You should know when to go for two and not go for two. So even though I'm more encouraged now and I, and I'm more optimistic about the Kevin Sumlin era now than I was four hours ago, that's something that still concerns me in the long term. Am I crazy for being concerned about that or no? Well, Normally, it would make sense if you were kicking on third down to leave some time left in case there was a block or in case there was a bad snap, then you spike it in the ground and you have time to kick it again. I I was trying to find some justification when that happened. Uh, I mean, you and Joel Clatt are spot on with that. It it made no sense considering it was fourth down. Uh, Worst case scenario, there's a penalty or best case scenario, you miss it, but there's a penalty on USC. It's still an untimed down. So I don't know if it was, hey, listen, um, we've got a, uh, you know, in case there's a, a penalty gives Arizona a chance to throw one into the end zone, you know, before halftime, let's say, let's say it's roughing the kicker. So with 12 seconds left, Haversett gets roughed. Arizona gets it at the three yard line. You can take two shots at the end zone. Maybe that's his justification. I'm going to try to look at it that way. And maybe, maybe. I, I mean, he, otherwise let's be honest. He, he's confident in Haversett kicking the ball out of the end zone, which he did a great job with once again. And, you know, he figures, okay, listen, we make this, we kick it out of the end zone, they're not going to return it, and then they'll take a knee. So I'm going to give someone a pass for that one. You, you notice we're not talking about Arizona special teams? 
Isn't that nice? Yeah, I thought the punter. I, I don't. I don't know. Tyler Luke, freshman. He was fantastic. And Lucas Habersick missed that first pick, but he made his last three, including that fifty-one yarder. Now that I mean, yeah, Tyler Loop uh, averaged forty-five a kick. I mean, we haven't seen that in a long time. That kid. I couldn't even tell you where he came from, but good for him. He he did a great job. You know, the Haversack one, I've always liked him. He he's one of the better kickers we've had uh, at Arizona in a while. You know, that one that one hurts because if let's say it's 34-33 with 25 seconds left, Arizona gets the ball at the 25-yard line. Totally different scenario there. Yeah, but you know, I don't like going down that road, Eric, just because it's like a I, don't I know. know. I'm just the butterfly effect. You know, the game would have gone differently, especially in the last few minutes of the score was different, right? Yeah. So I, I understand that. But you and USC's kicker also missed a short one. Yeah, so oh, he did. Right. Hung up on that. Yeah, I, and I'm USC's kicker missed a short. That. Yeah, it's a shorter one than, than we had too. By the way, right? I have right. respect. A really good kicker. I, I think he's. I, I don't. Uh, is he a junior or senior? I'm not not sure offhand, but he's a guy that I, I really like. Got a cannon for a leg. Yeah. The thing is, Haversick. I think he's about as accurate from 50 as he is from 30. He's, you know, made five the, fifty yard, he's made 550-yard field goals this career. Distance is not an issue for him. It's the accuracy that is. I feel like he's about as accurate from like 30 yards out as he is from 50 or 55, which is both good and bad, depending on how long a kick you have. Well, so, he's, a, but, he's a senior, but hopefully he comes back next year because I, I like him. I think he uh, he's great. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely better than some of the uh, some of his predecessors for sure. I want to talk about something else, just non, non-U of A related. Colorado, I don't know if you saw any of that game, uh, really dominated Stanford. I know they, the final score is 35-32 Colorado, but uh, they dominated that game. They are by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Colorado um, was 2-0. 2-0, and they were projected right down there with Arizona. I mean, that game, uh, December 5th, I believe it is, is going to be – that's a big one. Uh, that's 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 a game where – Colorado, it could be above 500. I mean, they, they definitely look the part. Um, I think they're going to give USC some trouble. Um, their score, I mean, to go up to Stanford and, you know, Stanford has no excuses with COVID this week and to go up there and, and really punch them in the mouth like they did. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Uh, Washington State and Oregon locked in a tight one, seven, six Oregon right now. Uh, we've got the amazing Cal UCLA, uh, game at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, which is, very exciting. We got a Masters Sunday, we got NFL Sunday, and we got Pac-12 football. I mean, how great is that? Yeah. So yeah. we got and, and I'm you know what? I'm I'm excited to watch next week. I'm I'm hoping as much as I was hoping that we'd actually have a football game to talk about just because I wanted to talk about a game win or lose. I'm even hoping more so now that we get to see him again next week because I liked what I saw. I mean, for the most part today, our expectations were obviously very low and that helps. Uh but I, I'm interested to see. I, I think this this season is, um, I mean, you can just call it a transition period because it really is because Arizona's still transitioning un- under the Semlin era. Plus, it's just it's a wonky season if you can call it that. So it, it's it, it's nice to get a few games in. Hopefully, they will get a few games in. But yeah, it, it's interesting. You look at the schedule as well, Eric. You th- you, before the season, we're thinking, well, the UCLA game might not, uh, you know, might not go our way. But the you know the Colorado game definitely looks good. Now it sort of looks the other way around where Colorado looks like a much tougher opponent. So you, you, you grade games, you grade teams based on what happens each week. And I'll tell you also with ASU, you know, ASU obviously you should have beaten USC last week, but my, my first thought was, well, ASU lost to a very good USC team. I don't think USC is very good anymore. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Arizona, what they did today. They overachieved, but USC made so many stupid uh, decisions and, and, and so many stupid plays and penalties that I don't think that they're the national championship contender. If, if, if I, I didn't think so before necessarily, 
but I definitely don't now. I, I don't think they're that good. And I'm not, so I'm not sure all that to say, I'm not sure what to make of ASU either. And unfortunately we probably won't, we won't, we won't see him this weekend and we probably won't see him next weekend either. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, seriously, that's, uh, that's crazy. Uh, with, with COVID it's just, it's nuts. And, um, Yikes. That's uh it's it's too bad situation. I just want to roll through uh Shane real quick. Uh, a couple of post-game quotes that just check in Twitter. Uh Grant Canell said uh, quote we're optimistic and driven. Uh we're not settling for losing. We're going to we're going to bring some games, okay? Or be in some games, I think he meant. Yeah. Uh he takes full responsibility for the interception. Uh by the way, your your buddy uh, uh Freeberg Rourke Freeberg quote we're not a laughing stock. Definitely so, not. Definitely not. No. I, and uh, our, our guy, Jeff Dean, uh, just texted me and noted um, Wildcats had a total of seven penalties today. Four of them came on third down on defense to give USC a, uh, a first down. Yeah. So while Arizona had fewer penalties, uh, a majority of them were very, very untimely and, and ended up costing Arizona some points. And yeah. And field division. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer. It really is. Um, listen, I mean, these guys played hard, uh, proud of them. Um, we, I think all of us are pleasantly surprised at what we saw. Uh, it's definitely, you know, I, this isn't a win. Don't get me wrong, but in a way, this is about as good as I expected to feel after this game. It bet probably better. Um, you know, uh, bear down. Steve says the biggest takeaway for me besides building is that our staff can overcome the talent disadvantages. Yeah. They played hard. Now let's hope they don't give it. Let's hope they don't, you know, uh, do bad things next week. But I'm um, really proud of what we saw today, Shane. I, I think there's a lot of uh, lot of positive things going on here. Yeah, I, I think, I'll, again, and I know I, I sound like a broken record, but all I really want to see, and I think most Wildcat fans want to see, is enough to be excited about 2021. And if the Wildcats continue to play like they did today, then I, I think that excitement will be there. They'll, they'll beat a couple teams along the way. I don't know who. Maybe UCLA. Uh, I don't know about Washington. Maybe ASU. Hopefully that ASU game happens. Um, could be a very good game. Um, but definitely more optimistic now than I was, like I said, four oh, yeah. hours ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, and hopefully we'll have a win to talk about next week. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and we're going to be back uh, Wednesday. We'll we'll do our usual podcast. Shane will put that out. By the way, you're doing a great job on the uh, Wildcat Country uh, social media feed. So for those of you, if you're just tuning in here to the Periscope and you don't follow us at Cat Country AZ on Twitter, uh, it's great. I mean, it's, it's all over it. Uh, great stuff going on. Uh, Shane's uh, on top of it and you know we enjoyed doing this post game wrap up uh, we'll do it for a few more of the football games and and then uh, some basketball I think that's important you know we'll break down you know some of the big basketball games Wildcat basketball schedule has not been released yet hopefully it will be here soon and we can talk about that but Shane final thoughts um, how would you grade this performance from Arizona today if you were to give it a letter grade give me that I, I, well, I'll break it down a little bit. I'll give the, the offense a B plus, mm-hmm. uh, didn't convert on a few third downs and shorts. And then of course the, uh, the Ganell interception early in the game, uh, on defense, um, you got to grade the defense on a bit of a curve, but I, I give them a B plus as well, just because of what we expected and what happened, you know, USC scored two touchdowns late, but like you said, the defense was gassed and eventually USC was going to get over that hump and special teams. I think I'm going to give a B plus all the way around. Uh, special teams, mm-hmm. the one missed field goal, the the targeting penalty on the punt. Uh, other than that, you know, three makes, uh, great punting today. Uh, I'm I'm more I'm encouraged. I'm more encouraged about all three parts of Arizona football: offense, defense, and special teams than I was before the game started. And I can't remember the last time I said that. 
Steve, thank you for the kind words. He gives A minus overall, all things considered. Uh, offense, I'd give a B. Uh, I grade, and I grade tougher, mind you. Defense, I'm giving a C plus just because that last drive, USC made it look so easy, and I know they were gassed. But, um, you know, it's C's a passing grade, so uh, that's fine. Special teams, um, I'd say almost an A minus there because if not for the Haversack miss field goal, everything about it, um, I really liked what Arizona did. I think Jeremy Springer did a great job coaching those guys, and obviously the new punter and, and Haversack, you know, with the exception of the missed field goal, was very good. And kickoff team, punt team, you know, Jamari Joyner uh, fielded a punt on his own five-yard line. I hate that. I yeah, think we all do. Sure. We hate that. But, I mean, overall, um, there's a lot to lot to be happy about. And, you know, it's great to be able to talk football, and it's great to be able to talk about a competitive football game against a good team. And, you know, hopefully we can do this next week after Washington. And we Fingers can – Fingers crossed. What's that? Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, let's hope let's hope we play well up in Seattle. We don't know what the Huskies are all about. I'll watch a little bit tonight, 9 o'clock, start against Oregon State, who, by the way, in my opinion, is the worst team in conference. So let's not, you know, overreact to whatever Washington does here. But uh, exciting stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it on the podcast here uh, this week. But, Shane, thanks for doing this. A lot of fun. And, uh, guys, thanks for, for listening and, and uh, giving us your comments and hope to grow this as we go along. But uh, for Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Uh, and as always, as I like to say, bear down. Uh, good fight for the Wildcats today, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you this week.